Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and today I'm going to do my first episode on bone marrow transplants. Bone marrow transplants. They're an important part of treatment in childhood cancer. A, a proportion of patients end up needing a bone marrow transplant. But today I just want to give you the brief description of what a bone marrow transplant is. Now the important thing to understand first off is that I'm talking here about a bone marrow transplant where we get the bone marrow from one person and then we give it to the patient. Now there is a different type of transplant where we collect the patient's own bone marrow and put it in the freezer and use it at a later date. That's called an autologous bone marrow transplant. Well that's not the one I'm talking about. Today I'm mostly talking about an allotransplant, an allogeneic bone marrow transplant. Now even if we're talking about a patient having an autologous transplant, some of what I've got to say here will be informative, so it might still be worth listening. How do you know if we're talking about an autologous transplant? Well, if the patient has neuroblastoma or a brain tumour or a sarcoma, then there's a good chance that the doctors are talking about an autologous transplant, the transplant that you use using the patient's own bone marrow that's been frozen and put away to use at a later date. Probably that sort of patient, they'll be talking about an autotransplant. Today, I want to talk about allotransplant mostly, so bone marrow from one person to another person. So let's go back to the basics. Inside your bones is this mushy red stuff that looks pretty much like blood, but it's a bit mushier. And that's the bone marrow. And the bone marrow's role in life is to make our blood cells. So in the bone marrow, there's these things called bone marrow stem cells. Bone marrow stem cells. And most of the cells in the bone marrow aren't bone marrow stem cells. They're just a rare population of cells called bone marrow stem cells. And their job is to make blood cells. So every time a bone marrow cell makes some blood cells, it also makes another copy of itself. So we don't run out of the bone marrow stem cells. So they're always replacing themselves even as they're dividing and pumping out blood cells. So the bone marrow stem cells make a bunch of different cells and those cells make different cells and those cells make different cells and eventually we get the mature white blood cells, red blood cells and platelets and they're released from the bone marrow into the bloodstream to do what they're meant to do. So that's how bone marrow works with these bone marrow stem cells in there. Now these aren't the stem cells, by the way, that people have all the big you know, ethical arguments about. You've heard of embryonic stem cells. These aren't those cells. These are just bone marrow cells. These aren't the cells that normally would be able to create muscle and cartilage and brain and all of that sort of thing. No, they just make blood. Okay, now these bone marrow stem cells can be collected from one person and given to another person. Okay, so suppose the patient's got a disease where their bone marrow's just stopped working altogether and there's a condition called aplastic anemia and that's what happens. The bone marrow just stops working altogether. Okay, so we could go to someone who's willing to donate their bone marrow and collect their bone marrow 
and give it to the patient. So to collect the bone marrow, we would anaesthetise the donor and then collect the bone marrow by sticking needles in the pelvic bones. You know, the hip bones at the back, you know, just below where your belt sits, those pelvis bones, that's where we usually collect bone marrow. Stick needles in over and over and suck out this liquid bone marrow stuff filter out the bone particles and then we'd have a liquid mushy bone marrow and we'd put it all in a bag you know like a blood transfusion bag okay now we can go back to the patient and how are we going to give it to the patient well we don't actually have to inject it into the patient's bone marrow that's the good news we just have to give it to the patient into their vein so through a central line or a a drip in their arm just give the bone marrow to the patient The bone marrow cells will circulate around the bloodstream, but they'll eventually circulate uh, through the bone marrow again, and that's where they'll stop. It's as though they've got, like, Velcro on them. You know, they've got one part of the Velcro on the bone marrow stem cells, and there's another part of the Velcro in the bone marrow, and when the bone marrow cells get to the bone marrow, they stick there and stay there, and then they can start doing what bone marrow stem cells do, which is make blood. So there you go. That's a bone marrow transplant. There's only one problem. There's a lot more to it than that. Firstly, the person giving the bone marrow has to be a tissue match with the patient getting the bone marrow. Now, this isn't blood groups. You know, when you have blood donations, you have to be in the right blood group, you know, A positive to A positive and all that sort of thing. When we talk about tissue types, we're not talking about blood groups we're talking about a whole different system and I'll have to do a whole podcast on this but there's this thing called tissue typing or HLA typing and we need the donor and the recipient the patient to be matched at at least some level in their tissue typing otherwise when the patient gets the bone marrow they're just going to reject it their body will say "Uh -uh, this is not me I'm going to reject this and they'll just wipe out the bone marrow. Or else the bone marrow will take a look at the new patient and say, "Uh -uh, this isn't me, and the bone marrow will start attacking the patient. So either way, that's not working. So we have to find a tissue-matched donor, matched at least at some degree with the patient who's going to get the bone marrow. That's the first thing. The next thing is, even if the bone marrow is tissue matched with the patient they'll still reject it it still looks foreign to their system the patient will still look at it and say "Uh -uh, not me and wipe it out so before we give the bone marrow to the patient we have to prepare the patient what we have to do is give chemotherapy or radiotherapy to suppress the patient's immune system so that they won't reject the new bone marrow. So we have to give a combination of drugs with or without radiotherapy basically to wipe out the patient's own bone marrow and so that will also wipe out their immune system so that the new bone marrow will be accepted into the patient. So that's called giving conditioning or some units call it the preparative regimen. So before we give the bone marrow, we have to give a whopping high dose of chemotherapy that basically wipes out the patient's bone marrow pretty well permanently, 
and that way when we give the bone marrow it won't be rejected and just killed off instantly. Now that conditioning regimen, the preparative regimen, the chemotherapy, the radiotherapy, that's originally designed to allow the bone marrow to take. But in leukaemia, it also plays a role in killing any residual leukaemia in the patient. So it does two things. It conditions the patient so that they'll accept the new bone marrow. And in leukaemia, it helps to kill any residual leukaemia in the patient. Okay, so we needed to tissue type the patient and we needed to give the conditioning to kill off the patient's own bone marrow. Okay, still not going to work. We've still got a problem because the new bone marrow is an immune system of its own, right? So the new bone marrow can still look at its new surroundings, look at this new body that it's found itself in, and say, hang on, this isn't me. I'm going to do what an immune system should do and kill off everything that I see that isn't me. Now, you can imagine, we don't want that to happen. So now we have to do something to suppress the new bone marrow's immune system so that it won't attack the patient. So the condition where the bone marrow attacks the patient, that's called graft-versus-host disease. So it's, you know... When we talk about a skin graft, well, here we're talking about a bone marrow graft. That's the term that bone marrow transplanters use. So graft versus host disease is where the new bone marrow attacks the patient. And it can be a severe condition. In particular, it can cause bad skin rashes, liver problems, diarrhea. So we have to do something to suppress the new bone marrow as it's in the new patient. And so after we've given the bone marrow cells to the patient, then we have to give them special immune-suppressing drugs to suppress the new bone marrow and stop getting that graft-versus-host disease. And that's a really big consideration in bone marrow transplants. So we have to suppress the patient's bone marrow, probably by wiping it out permanently to accept the bone marrow, And then we have to suppress the new bone marrow's immune system in the patient to stop graft-versus-host disease. And hopefully we'll suppress the immune part of the bone marrow, but not suppress that part of the bone marrow that's meant to make red blood cells and platelets and the other white blood cells. So that's how you do a bone marrow transplant. You find a tissue-compatible donor. You collect their bone marrow stem cells from their bone marrow or from their blood. I'll talk about that another time. You give the patient the conditioning combination to wipe out their bone marrow. You drip in the new bone marrow. And then you give immune-suppressing drugs to stop the new bone marrow from attacking the patient. Now, it's a big deal. That big dose of chemotherapy or radiotherapy to wipe out the patient's bone marrow, that's going to make them sick. You know, that's going to cause a period where the blood counts are really low for a couple of weeks or more while we wait for the new bone marrow to set up shop and start making blood. So we have this period of severe low blood counts, lower than any other chemotherapy combination that we might have used. And that can go on for two or three or more weeks waiting for the new bone marrow to engraft and start making blood cells. And The first sign of engraftment normally would be we start to see the white blood cell count start to come up. And I don't know, that can be from day 14 onwards roughly. That's a lot of variables in this, but 
sometime after a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, we start to see the new bone marrow start to work. So during that period of low blood counts, we're needing to give blood transfusions, platelet transfusions, antibiotics, treat infections, plus they get sick in other ways. This is a whopping big dose of chemotherapy. Patients normally get mouth ulcers and sore tummies and a whole lot of things can go wrong from that conditioning regimen. So it's a really big deal doing a bone marrow transplant. But after a while, the bone marrow takes, that engrafts, it starts to make blood cells, and then some of that stuff gets better. Then we have to start looking at, will that graft versus host disease occur, and so on. So it's a big and long and complicated exercise, and these days a lot of children's cancer units have dedicated bone marrow transplant teams. So instead of all of the oncologists looking after bone marrow transplants, a lot of units now have people, and that's all they do. They just do bone marrow transplants because it's a very specialised area. There's a lot of things to consider in all of this, but that's the basic introduction to how do you do a bone marrow transplant. Now I'll get on to talk about all of the details later on, and I'll talk about the autologous transplants, and I'll talk about how do you find this compatible donor and all sorts of other considerations. But for now, I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening in to this Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff episode. I'm going to put a picture at the Facebook page that will show you a diagram of how bone marrow stem cells work and how they make all of the other cells. And I hope that will be there in the next day or two. So if you go to Facebook and look for Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff, and you've got to spell Jeff properly, G-E-O-F-F, well, you'll see that picture there. Now, again, I want to acknowledge my friend Christopher, who made that beautiful jingle at the start of, uh, of each episode. He recorded that for me, and he used a Martin D28 guitar, the same guitar that the Beatles used to record Blackbird. And congratulations to Amanda, the first to give the correct answer at the Facebook page to that question. Well done, Amanda. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.